It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast with two hosts contesting one of America's, one of the world's largest golf competitions this week. It's Captain's Cup week. For longtime listeners, they know that this is the Friends tournament that me and Banks play in every single year. Me and Banks captured the cup last year, memorably as a part of Team Europe together. This was a United podcast. A United podcast. This year, no longer United. The cup can only go to one. Can only go to one of the podcasts here as I bring the cup into the frame. What the hell is the cup doing at your place? You brought the cup to Ocean City, and then I had to bring it back a few weeks ago, if you remember correctly. It's supposed to be with the committee. Well, the committee did not take it, so it is with me. All right. I guess you still are a reigning champion am, of it. So. I am the reigning champion captain, so I, if the committee wants to watch this episode and wants me to bring it back to them before cup time later in the week, here it is. I'm going to take it. Beautiful Captain's Cup. I don't think it's ever been seen as we haven't done these YouTube versions, so there it is now in all its glory. Go watch on YouTube if you'd like to see one of the finest trophies in all of sports enter the frame. That's what's on the line. Team USA versus Team Europe. I'm on Team USA. Banks is on Team Europe. RDT, who are you supporting? I mean, I have to go USA, right? Thank you. Can't just, I mean, can't, I can't root for Europe. Thank you. Uh-huh. The entire Team Europe is running it back, except for Taylor. <laughs> is it, It's just so like random, though, isn't it? Taylor's it is the only person who, the way the team shook out, he's the only person that isn't on Team Europe once again. Correct. Correct. The re- my, and what was uh, really last year in Team Europe, uh, one of the great team, one of the great locker rooms I've ever been a part of in my uh, in my competition career. It's an interesting experiment to see if the Taylor Smythe uh, sauce is uh, does it travel? <laughs> does it travel? I don't know. He's won twice, both as captain. Um, he's got some new knuckleheads that he's got to oversee now, and we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how it works. Couldn't be more confident in the in the team I've been tasked to lead. We still don't know. Would you like to announce who the Team Europe captain is? We that still has not been revealed. That's not up to me to discuss. Okay, okay. that's totally fine. I just wanted to give you the obviously you have a platform. I wanted to give you the platform to I do. put that. I do put that out here, but you don't have to. I'm not forcing you to do it. I have the answers, but I'm not willing to give them. It's not that my is place. Very fine. We don't know then at this point who's leading Team Europe. It could be a podcast first podcast captaincy. Could certainly be. That that would be an amazing storyline. That would really be good for Captain's Cup business potentially, um, for us to go back and forth. But um, that is this weekend, and uh, could not be more excited to um, go up against um, someone I respect as a competitor and a friend in you, Banks. So it'll thank be you for saying that. Yep, and a former and two people that have won together before. So we may be back. So this you you can't go full out. I mean, we obviously compete, but you know, we could be on the same team next year. Very true. Um, both competitions so far have been very tight, very closely contested. One of which looked like it was going to be a blowout before a some or a, I guess it's a Saturday technically. A final day surge by my team in year one made it a little bit tight there at the end. Um, yep, you guys last dialed, came down to a single, till the end. Last year came down to a single butt at the very end. We came out victorious. I think it's going to be a tight one again. 
Pat Dugan with really one of the memorable putts in the history of Lighthouse Sound. I can only imagine that there hasn't been yeah. too many, too many 18th green scenes like that. If other they than could a, put other than directly the, on greens, they would have done so. Yeah, other than other than you know the weddings that go on there, I can't imagine there were much more memorable scenes um, around that that finishing hole. So uh, very tremendous. So yeah, to me, Kyle Rajat, Brian Gibbons, and um, Alex Carroll, committee member Alex Carroll against you, Mike Myers, um, Dave O'Neill, and the aforementioned Mr. Dugan. So we every every cup year, I feel the need to shout at everybody that plays in the cup. It's a tr- truly wonderful event. And uh, RDT, if you'd ever like to come out and, uh, you know, you're not, you're not an active golfer. So I don't know if you'd play, but in terms, you know, be some influencer marketing for us or something, we might have to, you know, get you involved. <laughs> we can Tom figure that out. Sideline reporter could do some stuff. Oh, like that. You, yeah. I mean, you have, you have broadcast experience. Can, what, by the way, before we get into everything, what's the, we need to figure out a way to get you guys back on TV. Like what, what can we, what is the sport that gets you guys back there? That's a, Legitimate question. I feel like you guys. I think about this often. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. It's got to be like a local team. Baltimore doesn't have like, like what is the, like, you know, under the big four sports league that Baltimore has. There's not really the team there anymore that fills that void. The blast, the blast probably are the ones that I fit guess, that, but they're yeah. not, you know. They're not really my cup of tea. That's such a weird league. Problematic. Too. Wasn't there something problematic going on with the blast? Yeah, they were selling some weird t-shirts that owner. Oh, really? Something about China I didn't know that. or something oh, about come yeah. On. Yeah. And, and there's just a question of whether, and this is no shot to the at the blast. You know, I don't want to annoy anybody in the blast front office, obviously. <laughs> but um, I it's always it's always a wonder if they're even playing every year because that league like has had like 16 ruminations i feel like in the time that you know at least i've been following organized sports not unlike the arena arena football league that is that is true that is true they just had the nal uh i think championship this weekend shout out to albany right now it's the major arena soccer league otherwise known as the massel and um red sox fans the Jason Lockett. The San Diego, the San Diego Sockers took home the title in uh, aptly named me? San Diego Sockers. <laughs> the Sockers, plural. Yes, like multiple Sockers. E R S. Yes, the Sockers. Is that even a word you can pluralize? Like so- I think it's like Sockum. Sockum. I, I. What the hell do I know? I don't know. The Baltimore Baseballs is not a bad name. The <laughs> last last took home a title in 2018. Beat the Monterey Flash. And um, is in a game I know a lot of people around here remember. Oh, how can um, you forget? So, yeah, not sure. Um, oh, JP Gala cameras working for 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 this team. A lot of former and defunct teams. There are more teams than you would think, though. We have. <laughs> let me run this down. It's like a minor league. Some minor league names here: Dallas Sidekicks, the Kansas City Comets, the Mesquite Outlaws. Love that. Mesquite. The Milwaukee Wave. The St. Louis Ambush, the Baltimore Blast, who are playing at CQ Arena, just in case anyone's wondering. Mm-hmm. The Florida Tropics, Harrisburg Heat, Utica City 8 FC. Huh, yeah. And then the West Division is the Chihuahua Savage. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that city name correctly, so my apologies. Monterey Flash, Ontario Fury, the San Diego Soccer, the Tacoma Stars, and then the inactive Rochester Lancers. That is your 
that is your those are your teams in the Massel. So a great roundup. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm sure everybody the, the blast. But like I said, the, the, there's no like arena football is kind of perfect. It was kind of the perfect like thing. You guys are both you know no football people. Arena football has been around for a long time. People know what it is. So it was awesome. That was a lot. I don't know what's not to like about arena football. One day we'll have to do like a deep dive. We'll have to get Jake Luke to do a deep dive on like the arena football league. (laughs) And it'll just be us talking about it. Yeah. Just like an oral, an oral history. Yes. Yes. That's what we'll do. Yeah. An oral history of the time I interviewed a wall live on television. (laughs) That was great. Former Maryland, Maryland Terrapin Jeremy Rayleigh played for the blast last year. How about that? Um, It's a random one. Yeah. We, we, Arena football, it's weird to me that in a world where they are just trying to play more and more football, that for some reason arena football doesn't have a niche that keeps it alive as a league, or that a network hasn't like gone fully in on making like arena football, you know, signing old NFL guys, like signing enough names. There's just it just feels like there's a way for it to work. And I'm surprised that it hasn't worked. I think we talked this before on the pod. You would have thought our old bosses, the the Leonces is. It's would a tough take. one to say pluralize. Um, that them being having their, you know, both feet in pretty deep, like that, that would have been the launching pad for it. But them and uh, them and Jaws, <laughs> yeah, Jaws, Jaws was a big, he was big into it. He was, bon, so bon there, there's, there's still and some too. leagues out there the indoor football league, the IFL. There's an NAL National Arena League. So. Fan fan controlled football is indoor. Yeah. They I think they had Johnny football in the first year. I and believe. and they had um Sounds right. TO, they had Terrell Owens, they had a bunch of those guys, but yeah. It was no it was no football in the chicken box, we'll say that. I think that's a fan controlled football is a touring league, though, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think they go all around. Um so a little bit different. It's gonna be so than, tough to do where you're just like going from building to building and trying to figure out the logistics of it's it's to- pretty interesting. There's like a longer I would be interested to have someone from the PLL to talk about this because they're obviously doing the touring league model and having a decent amount of success so far. It's a super interesting, like different way to look at sports of like how trends are going and how you know younger people of the generation, I think behind us, a lot of them, like the research shows, follow more individual athletes rather than teams like there's not as much team loyalty so the thought is that if you do things like or like athletes unlimited which does women's lacrosse and volleyball where they just draft new teams every week and they're just based on the players just makes it kind of hard to follow you just don't that makes it hard to because you just don't know who's playing together so there's no like chemistry makes the product worse i don't know in exact science um let's move on to organized football in big four leagues we'll talk about the Ravens first here before we get to the Orioles uh, preseason opener. Uh, the streak continues 21 consecutive preseason games. It really is one of the more ridiculous streaks in the history of sports. We'll get to that later. We're going to do a draft of our favorite streaks in sports, um, but I, it doesn't make any sense. It was, you know, ho-hum routine Ravens win a preseason game. Um, obviously a lot of guys didn't play, um, but you know, you get to see kind of the roster depth and that's what kind of proves a lot of the Ravens, you know, a lot of it, some of it's fluky but proves how organizationally deep the Ravens are. Uh, Banks, what'd you take away from the first game? You were in attendance at MT Bank Stadium. What would you say? I sure was. Uh, I'm ready to push Shamar Bridges in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I'm ready sure. to just give him the gold jacket now. Um, he looked good out there. I, I know there are a lot of people that were waiting, with bated breath, that football game to see how Shamar Bridges was going to do, and he delivered. 
but more more seriously, I thought, um, as you see and hear camp buzz about certain players, it was fun to see what some of those players were able to do in real game action. Isaiah Likely, I think, is the one that stood out the most. Um, caught a couple of passes in the flat where he juked some guys and, and gained the three or four yards needed for a first down, and he caught a ball in traffic. Um, and he continues, it seems like every single day, he's got the camp highlight. Um, so he's one that I'm extremely excited about. Last week, Taylor, you said that Travis Jones was your player to watch in that preseason game. He also looked like a man possessed, um, gobbled up blockers and filled gaps and uh, pushed his man off well and even got a sack. So Travis Jones, another guy that looks like a steal where everyone's saying, like, how did this guy fall to the third round? But, yeah, it's, it's just good to win. It's, it's Everybody loves winning. So, you know, it's winning culture. We talk about that all the time. And when it comes to preseason, we've won 21 straight because we constantly have fresh draft picks double-digit draft picks every year. And then when the draft ends, we get all these undrafted free agents because we know these guys know that they get a chance to make this roster. There are a lot of teams out there where you're undrafted. They're not going to keep you over a guy that they put draft capital into. Um, So they just kind of have their pick the litter of the best players outside the 53 that may or may not make the roster. And that kind of depth is the difference between beating teams and not in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I think that the Travis Jones thing was the biggest one for me. Um, you pointed it out, did say that beforehand. Um, and honestly, now looking back on that prediction, like it was almost obvious that he was going to be a guy that stood out. All of the reports from preseason is that, or first me from training camp has been that he's been a standout. And it, besides his obvious talent, he was ranked very highly fell. He's also getting mentored by a guy like Calais Campbell. So it was just clear. I mean, all of the pieces were in place for him to, you know, be in the situation where he was going to be able to flourish. If he plays like that during the year, I mean, that has totally changed at least the interior of what the Ravens front looked like last year. Obviously they did a great job stuffing the run, but to have a guy that it's athletic and young and maybe can, you know, do some other things and, and get after it in the backfield besides just kind of stuffing down the run that also opens up a guy like Owe um, to, you know, get more one-on-ones and things like that. So I, I, that was a huge takeaway for me. I obviously likely is a guy that, you know, start to you salivate about in this offense with what they do with the tight end and how it seems like Lamar Jackson is just so comfortable throwing, um, you know, has been so comfortable throwing to Mark Andrews to give him another athletic weapon like that, you know, in the middle of the field is what we talked about after likely was drafted, what we talked about in training camp and now seeing that flesh out a little bit in the preseason. Um, but yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'll, you're, you're really more interested more in like the third preseason game. Obviously that's normally like the dress rehearsal game. We'll see if Lamar Jackson plays in that game. I feel like it's still uncertain if he's going to play at all in the preseason. I would have to imagine he's going to play at least in the third preseason game, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think there was anything bad to take away. I think the Ravens got out fairly unscathed from an injury perspective. You know, you, you avoided major injury and you had guys look promising, especially to rookies on both sides of the ball in, I think key positions, you know, with, without major additions at wide receiver, you hope for the step up from Bateman and from the guys, other guys, you know, Duvernay, Prochet, whoever, but you were going to need another weapon to step up beyond, you know, Andrews at the tight end position. And if likely it's that guy, that's a huge development and makes the Ravens offense even scarier. So 
Um, you know, very, very nice stuff. And look, you know, just beating the Tennessee Titans, a franchise that just continues to lag behind the Ravens and overall success over the last couple of decades, you know, a, a nice feather in the cap just to make them continue to be little brother. I think that was at least, you know, it's a preseason setting. Sure. But, you know, just clearly not up to the same level as what the Ravens are doing, I think, organizationally from top to bottom. So that's that was also good to see. Sure was. Um, I guess we should also note Tyler Huntley. You know, he was given the reins from the beginning of the game, played the entire first half. Uh, very clean job out there. He didn't necessarily light it up, but he completed what was in front of him, 16 of 18 for 109 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown being – uh, a nice little drive there to finish the first half um, with the touchdown throw to the aforementioned Shamar Bridges. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see game situations come into play and somebody like Tyler Huntley get the experience. And, and not that he didn't last year, but it's just another you know feather in the cap to go down there and put points on the board in a game situation like he did. And it was kind of the – you know, if we're, if we're, we're not really evaluating this on a wins and losses per se, even though we're kind of circling the wagons on the win here. Um, but that was the drive that kind of turned the game on its head and, and put the Ravens in control going in the second half. So um, just a great drive. RDT, um, I have two questions for you. Your overall takeaways about any Ravens things you saw, seeing it was against your team. And what did you think of Malik Willis? I'm actually interested in what you thought of Mr. Willis. So again, I watched next to no, I watched some of <laughs> Willis in. I this is the night that well, I I was stuck building Legos. Um, but I was uh, also watching the Orioles. Uh, can I ask what stuff. kinds of Legos? What what kind of sets do we have on the table here? I think you know it was the Encanto Casita. Um, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. great movie, very good movie. Um, I'll, I'll we'll talk more about this later. Um. But yeah, again, I, I so I, I had it on my second TV, which is in my other room, but I can see directly into the TV. Um, and I, I mean, the, the scramble on Willis was nice. I really like that. Uh, I thought like Vrabel said, he just has to throw the ball more. They wanted to see him throw. He just didn't seem like he wanted to. He was a young quarterback who was just running around, um, didn't really want to throw, which is fine. It's whatever. It's his first preseason game. Um I thought, again, I mean, I noticed Jones a couple times. And, of course, I'm like, oh, that's the guy Taylor was pointing out. You know, the catch um, the catch from Bridges, was that going into – was that the second? Is that right before when, – when was his touchdown catch? A little before halftime? Before halftime. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, like, that was a nice catch. That's kind of when I tuned out because I'm like, all right, this is kind of all I really need to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, it was I, – I, I didn't watch – I again, I wasn't paying enough attention to, like – dissect other players and stuff like that it was just it was another preseason game you know but like like a lot of the stuff that came out afterwards again the the tread the um kind of not the drone shot but like the bird's eye view of jones that play where he like holds the blocker holds the blocker sheds him and grand you know tackles the, the yeah. running back i mean that's that's your Haloti nada that's your your saragusa those are those guys and that's just that those are the guys that the ravens draft you know like that's just it's like, yep, there you go. That's that's gonna be what, what he's gonna be for the next eight years. So, you know, he he looked good again. And then everything else I've read was just about Bateman in practice. Um, was that he just all he does is get open in practice. So, and that's obviously gonna be the guy to uh, kind of pay attention to. I think going forward into the into the regular season. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. I, you know, the other, you know, the other thing is, you know, you have, you get out of that unscathed and then you have Marcus Peters back at practice gives the defense a lift. Um, seems like he was moving pretty well based on the videos and the reports that we saw. Um, so knock on wood through one preseason game, the Ravens have gone so far without any news that was like last year, where it just seemed like a death blow every like three days to the team. Now, the news that will not go away is the Lamar Jackson contract situation. Lamar set the deadline of week one, does not want to negotiate into the season. I mean, we have talked about this, and so has freaking everybody else in this town and nationally ad nauseum for months. So there's really no new takes to put in. I think this was pretty obvious that Lamar was going to not stretch into the season based on his, I feel like, normal course of, I want to win the Super Bowl, I want to win business, I'm focused, blah, 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 blah. He also doesn't, once again, doesn't have an agent. So who the heck is negotiating for him during the season anyway? I That's unclear. So uh, do we think a contract gets done by week one at this point? Absolutely not. I could have told you that months ago. It's just not going to happen. They're just worlds apart. That's what I know. That's not an opinion. They're worlds apart, and it's not coming anytime soon. I wish that we could just have everybody just understand that and just move forward and focus on what this season is going to be. It's going to, I mean, this season, I don't know what you would call it. Like, what do we call like a game on a schedule? That's like the flip game. Like what there's a term for that. I'm blanking on it. The flip game. What do you mean? Make like, a break. It's a make a break game. Winner like, go home or like a loser leave town kind of. Just like, uh, well, uh, we do the uh, litmus uh, test thing. In some ways, it's that. Like, this is the year. This is the make-or-break year, When it, obviously, with the contract situation. And um, with, I guess, you could call it the uneven performances over the years now, since that MVP season, um, this is it. This is kind of – I'm ready to just watch the boys and watch Lamar play football, watch him succeed, and just watch to see how it plays out. Probably get a franchise – be a franchise tag situation. It's yet to be seen. But do we think? Do we think? I have two two thoughts there. Do you is this emerging a little bit like an Aaron Judge situation? Not obviously, Judge can walk in free agency, so it's not right along. But this is a situation where Lamar Jackson's either going to play himself into more money or play himself out of money. Now, right. obviously, the the franchise tag allows the Ravens to just franchise him. But when you franchise somebody, I think I think. They might have been talking about this on Sandusky might have given this stat on the preseason broadcast where like no team has ever won the Super Bowl with a quarter. I might get this wrong. So forgive me. Somebody can tweet us with the correct stat. Like no one has won the Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than 15% of the cap. I believe that's the number. And when you, if you, if you franchise Lamar, he would be around 15% of the cap based on how the franchise tag Hmm. works. That I'm throwing that out. I hope someone was watching the broadcast and correct me if I got that wrong because I just threw out something with just from a memory of like standing in the kitchen and listening to Sandusky say it <laughs> on the broadcast. But um, that this is going to be it's just going to be a, if he starts playing poorly, the narrative is going to turn into you know, are the Ravens going to sign him? And if he plays at an MVP level, it's going to be the price tag is just going up. Up, up, which is happening with Judge right now, and maybe right. he will not resign in New York. So that's just gonna, it's good. That storyline is gonna now dominate the season, which I think is unfortunate for the Ravens, unless you know they're going like 15 and one, and it's just all about you know having the Super Bowl favorite or whatever. But the Lamar Jackson, you know, 
when he throws three picks in the first half in the you know, week six, I was like, ah, oh, what a good decision by the Ravens. Like, it's just going to be quarter to quarter. So it's going to be, be so, It's going to be so annoying. It's just going to be – the. it's already already annoying. It was so funny. You can see how big the Lamar Jackson story is by – you know, and I know people hate Stephen A. Smith, but Stephen A. Smith returned to first take today, and they have this segment of him like in the boat, and he's like, "I haven't been around to talk about KD and Kyrie and Lamar Jackson." Like that is how big the Lamar Jackson story is. Like it is being mentioned in the stories that Stephen A. hasn't been able to mouth off about for the last few months because he's a huge star, and you know he's the biggest unsigned player in football right now, or unsigned to an extension. I was going to say, it does seem like it's kind of floating under the radar, though. Like, people in Baltimore are freaking out about it, but, like, it's not – like, I thought it would be na- bigger national news. I think it just ha- – I think it's just going to be intermittently. Like, when Lamar Jackson things come up, mm-hmm. it gets re-talked about. And that's why it's going to get talked about so much during the season because, if, you know, he throws four TDs week one, and he's like – They're going to say, you got to pay this guy. Gotta yeah. pay, man, the Ravens got to pay him. They got to pay him. And then, you know, three weeks later when he's got two picks in the first quarter against, you know – New England in week four or whatever that game. How is. can you know? How can you pay this guy? There's how no could way you pay? He he's just not. Yeah. Two years ago was a fluke. It's just going to, it's just going to be whatever. So be prepared for that Ravens fans. That's going to be the noise the entire year. I'm Sorry. already exhausted just by you mentioning that. Like that, not that I didn't foresee that that's the way it's going to be because it already is, but I'm already just like, oh, it's just every, God. every post game recap we do framed around Lamar Jackson somehow goes connects back to his contract talks, even though they're not ta- going to be talking every performance affects, even if it doesn't, that's the thing, even if it doesn't affect it, even if for him or the organization, both of them are set on what they're going to do to the outside. It's just something to talk about. And it will be the thing to talk about. It's the dominant Raven storyline, unless they totally capitulate or people get hurt or whatever. So. Yeah. And let me be uh, clear. There's nothing I'd like more than for this contract to be done. Get it behind us. And so we can not talk about it anymore. He deserves to get paid. He's earned it. And the Ravens seem to have a number in mind. And I think Lamar just has a much bigger number in mind. So, I mean, from my seat, this is more Lamar betting on himself than the Ravens refusing to give him what he deserves. But regardless where things are, they're just far apart. So I'd be shocked, shocked if there's a contract before the season starts. There you have it. From from Banksy scoops his mouth. Don't expect the contract to be done. Um, poor one out for the Corey Clement and Robert Jackson errors in Baltimore. They both ended today. So, mm, rip. Favorite memory of Corey Clement in Baltimore? Uh, that time I saw him take a carry the other night, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Corey Clement! I forgot we signed him." That was my favorite moment. Yeah, mine was when yeah. they signed him. Nice. <laughs> I remember. I always remember where I was. Big Ten running back, Wisconsin, I believe. Do I have was that it? right? I believe so. Something, Ooh, this, something this in my head tells me he was Baylor, but this I might be getting be mixed up. Somebody. I just absolutely went for it on that one. Wisconsin, thank God. Okay, I got. Yeah, second team All Big Ten in 2016. I think we all remember Very that good. year. Corey, something else was Baylor receiver. Uh, Saquon Barkley, by the way, first team All Big Ten in 2016. <laughs> anybody from anybody from Maryland on an All Big Ten team this year? Ooh, ooh, boy. Mm. Why nope. am I? What is this Baylor's Court Coleman? 
Rick Holman is who was yeah, yeah, Holman. Yeah, sure. Rounds. Yeah. Round sure. legend. Robert yep. Jackson also gone. So um thanks to him for his service to the organization. Very, very much appreciated to Mr. Jackson. Uh, got was getting after coming off the street to play uh corner at times last year, was just getting absolutely eviscerated by the fan base. And it's just like, I mean, what'd you expect this guy to do? Like, kind of, kind of unfairly. I always thought, like, Robert Jackson, guy's trying his best. Uh, Ravens, uh, played Sunday at eight at the Cardinals, Kyler versus Lamar in the in the uh hot take bowl, pr- probably not playing hot, take yeah, bowl. be great. They'll both be standing on the side. I kind of think shorts. if there's a game, there's a game we see Lamar in, I think it'll be this. You don't think they I think try that to now that there's embarrass the commanders? Games. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. I guess the they can do that. Kind of goes away, yeah, a little bit. They can per- they can perfectly embarrass themselves on their own. They don't need our help. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. The, you have the, uh, the, the new branding games. and the song and everything. The new branding on what? Excuse me. Commanders new song and all that. Haven't listened to it at all. I, I, I haven't I, listened I, to it. I just heard it was bad. I, I, I take no yeah, time to really pay attention to the commanders at this point in my life. Just do not care. Do not care. They'll force their way into the conversation again. Yeah, at some point, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I the biggest the, the two biggest things for the commanders were that song and then the Kirk Cousins exchange um, in the interview. There, those are the two biggest commander stories of the week. So they're, they're really Carson threatening. Wentz exchange. Yeah, or, Carson Wentz exchange. You said what Kirk Cousins. Jesus. Talk about two interchangeable <laughs> quarterbacks. Oh, my God. Where's my brain? Excuse me, Carson Wentz. Thank you. Yeah. Nice job by Carson with those questions. It's good for him. Did you watch that, Banks? you see that one? Yeah. That was a bit – there was a lot of big Jay Jerno talk on that Carson Wentz thing. Jason Wright goes after I actually didn't even watch – I saw that video come up, and I was just like, this is just so typical. I mean, I just had to grow up where the radio stations were far more Washington football team oriented and just the, the sports talk there is nauseating about a team that just thinks they have the prestige and the right to be a contending team every year. And they're just not. And so I just, that type of stuff, I just tuned out. I just, I just can't do it. I have no patience for it. Um. Yeah. That's that. That was talking commanders on the X Two podcast, <laughs> right there. No, no, no more need. Um, let, let's 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 talk Orioles. Let's talk Orioles. Um, continue to hover around the playoff spot. Um, where's what's our update on tonight? We're, we're playing still here as as. Nope, we, it's in uh, the win column. Oh, in the win column. Okay, perfect. Tremendous. Sixty and fifty-five. There it is. I, I mean, this is a legitimate, with the GIDP. legitimate uh, playoff race as we talk. Um, RDT, do you think they have the horses to get to the line here? Do they have the horses in the back? I think so. I mean, I, I, I definitely think they do. I, I, it's, it's, and again, this is a team that's going to get Tyler Wells back. There's the rumor that they're going to get great. They, they could, we could see Grayson in September. I know that, you know, that little tidbit was dropped last week. Um, we saw the, the DL hall debut this weekend, which didn't go as well as we, you know, we wanted it to, but um, got his feet wet and we'll see him uh, in the bullpen in the player down in September in a couple of weeks. Um, I definitely think they have the, the horses to get there. I think the bullpen, especially, I mean, we saw, we saw tonight, Kyle Bradish wasn't his best bullpen just came in and just shut down this, this blue Jays lineup. Um, I definitely think that, that again, they do have 
the guys that can, you know, kind of solidify um, this rotation. And again, they've been playing this well all year. I don't think it's going to fall apart after 100 and what, 120 games, 115 games or something like that. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in the believer camp right now. I am, I am back in the believer camp where they're, I think a game and a half back. I can't it's a game, game back of the Rays as we speak right now. Um, Rays one. I don't know if that's officially final yet. Um, let me see. The Orioles may not be final yet, and on MLB. Oh yeah, true. I'm looking at ESPN. I think both should be because I got a text about the <laughs> getting text Yankees, updates about the Yankees. Yeah, they're they're. I tweeted yeah. last night. I may not be joking. I think we may get an Orioles Yankees like push to the wild card. It could be both those teams in the wild card hunt. My guy Booney is having a very very tough stretch here. The Yankees are. They, they don't even have the best record in the AL anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're like two Yankees, and a half games back behind the uh, Yankees behind Houston now. Two and eight in their last 10. Um, they're still 10 games up in the division. I mean, they would I, have to. I mean, it's it's August 15th. I mean, they would have to just absolutely fall apart, but they really have. They've gone like 14 and 22, I think, you know, really in their last struggling. X amount of games. Yeah. It's and again, this is not like it's not like it's a it's a couple of weeks. Like this is a full on almost two months. You the, know, the month the and AL a half right now is I wouldn't call it like a race to the bottom, but other than Houston, all of these teams are. I guess the Rays have turned it on, but they're six and four in their last. The Guardians have found a little bit of form here. Yep they're they're playing they're playing really really well right now. These teams are all over the place. Like you know, the Red Sox have totally fallen apart. Um, but are still like in the, I guess, in the conversation they got hot. The White Sox have kind of jumped back in towards the wild card push as well. Very interesting. Yeah. It looked like the Yankees were going to kind of run away with the American League in the regular season, and they have not. Nope. So, um, yeah, Houston's- I mean, it, it's, it's going to be the White Sox, the Twins, the Orioles, Seattle, Toronto, and Tampa. Those are going to be the teams fighting and, and Cleveland again, whoever doesn't win that division. It's whoever is from the Central and the East. Those, those are your wild card teams. No one else is, is close. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, and like we talked about, a lot of this depends on the Orioles schedule and because they, they've got, it's, it's, they've got a bunch more against Tampa or Toronto. They're done with Tampa. Um, they play seven against Houston. I think they have three against the Yankees. So a lot of these teams, I think they go to Cleveland. Um, a lot of these teams, they have to, you know, play. So they're, they're going to, they're going to, I mean, they're going to dictate if they make the playoffs or not. Cause again, they're going to, they're going to go head to head with all of the competition. I don't know if these are up to date or, or there's something going on that's wrong. So the ESPN standings list, they're like playoff oh, they had, make yeah. percentages. Yep. The Orioles are under a 10th of a percent and the Los Angeles angels. And I, I know I said, I, I'm not talking. I just, 62.8% after two consecutive wins and a 51 and 64 record. There's something brutally wrong with that statistic. I mean, that doesn't just doesn't make any sense. Someone tweeted that at me today. Cause like the Red Sox had like a 40, 39% chance or something. 39.2 right now. Yeah. And it was like, what is, what is this based off? What is like, this? Why are the guardians at 15.3, but the blue Jays are at 94.2. Yeah, it, it, it makes zero sense. I know Guardians baseball, have more wins. <laughs> baseball more reference, wins. and they also play in a much worse division, and they're in first place in that division. 
like yeah what is let me see playoffs um i don't even i don't even know how it to just is boggling my mind that a team 13 games under 500 is it 62.8 percent why are the tigers who were 32 games back of the astros at 4.9 percent this is the dumbest statistic i've ever seen yeah it's again it's maybe espn's got those ESPN. numbers the numbers look much more believable for the National League, although how the Cardinals are only at 41% when, you know, they're leading their division doesn't make any sense either. But the 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 Nationals have a better percentage chance than the Orioles, according to this. The Nationals are 39 and 78. The Orioles are 60 and 55. Yeah, it, it, makes, it makes absolutely zero sense. I, may I, have, I mean, I don't. We may have to throw that out. I'm going to have to throw that out on Twitter here. See what uh, see what people think. But that's very bizarre. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I I think you know if they can continue to filter some of the minor league guys in, and um, you maybe Grayson back. You know, the DL Hall debut a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, you saw the good stuff of him. You saw the bad stuff of him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what what happens. Um, I don't know if you caught any of that, Banks. If you caught in the DL Hall, but Feels like, you know, the strikeout, the side's exciting, and then he kind of gets banged up. But, I, you know, I, he'll be around, and they send him back down. We'll see if he – when he comes back up. But Saw a little bit of it. I mean, yeah, it's, it, the scouting report was that he's prone to walk a lot of guys and he's going to strike out a lot of guys. Uh, I think overall it's an encouraging sign that um, I know that – he got ripped apart a bit in that, that inning where he kind of grooved a couple pitches, but I'd rather see him compete and put balls over the plate and, you know, give himself a chance to get out. I mean, it's at least a shift away from the idea that he's going to be going out there and walking a bunch of guys. So um, yeah, he got banged up a lot. Um, overall, you saw the signs of life, but it wasn't a great debut. A little bit disappointing. I, I'm curious to see if he had gone out there and gone seven, gave up one run, if they turn around and do the same thing. If they turn around and send him down. Like, was it really part of the plan all along or or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I It feels like they're too calculated to have not had that decision kind of ready to go. Like, where they say, hey, you know, you're coming up, you're making this start. Obviously, we want to see what you have. You're a part of our plans, but we're sending you right back down. That just, that just, they just feel like they're so, they're so meticulous in those decisions that, you know, they, they needed him here, you know, felt like a good one to get him out there for. I don't know. But that's just, I, at this point, I just feel like everything they do is so calculated. I, it, it would be hard for me to believe they were, to, if, you know, if he throws, you know, seven shutout innings, they're like, oh, we'll see you next week, yeah. maybe. It was surprising to me just because it seemed like they were so meticulous about when they were going to bring him up. And you would think that that mentality is geared towards, Hey, we don't want to call him up until we know he's ready and we can just let him run with it, you know, and just yep. stick with yep. it and be up and stay up. And it was the opposite. So I know that the plan is to, to have him go back down and, and start to pitch relief a little bit. They're trying to work around an innings cap strategic it's smart um he also, it's a little also, bit deflating no matter how you dice it up you just want to see your young guys come up perform well and stay up it's just deflating from a fan's perspective you also wonder is in the playoffs if they see him as a guy that they would throw out of the pen as well i, I think so too i mean i even suggested to grayson 
<laughs> I actually DM Grayson the day that the report came out that he was throwing off the mound again. I was just like, Hey, how you, how you feeling? How's the wing? And he was just kind of like, um, feels good. Like I, I think two or three weeks more in Florida and then back up in September. And I was like, David Price postseason, like rookie year, because he came up and kind of did that whole thing where the, the Rays managed David Price's pitch count that first year and said, hey, like we're going to bring you up and, and kind of keep those innings at a minimum, but we're going to put you out there in some high leverage situations because you're an asset to us. Like, you can compete. Like you're good enough to, to get guys out. So hopefully that's something that we can envision for both those guys, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, getting those. I mean, you go into the playoffs. You would think that in the in the playoff in playoff situations, obviously the Orioles are going to be quicker to go to their strength, which is the pen. If you know a starter gets out of control, and do you have guys like Grayson and DL that could go like two or three innings? You know, maybe not Grayson because he hasn't been stretched out. If he comes back up, he's probably not going to be able to you know go multiple. But DL's a guy that's been stretched all year. Is he a guy that's on the playoff roster that you realize can get six quick outs? You know, can like really go after guys and get swing and miss and and whatever. Um, and provide you an option out of the pen. Um, maybe that's where those guys end up if they make it to a playoff roster. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I think they're definitely both. I mean, we'll see about Grayson. DL is going to be in the mix, you would think, as we move forward. But, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Thanks. It sucked to see him get sent back down after sort of a deflating performance. But also you saw the good signs there, too, and you hope that, you know, it's just sort of all part of the plan. They got him up there, got him a little taste of the major league pitching, get him back down, maybe throw some relief a little bit and make him uh, an asset that helps you, as you said, make him an asset that helps you in the playoffs if you're able to get there, or just down the stretch as, you know, rosters expand and things like that. And you know what the DL thing kind of reminds me of? And I know you guys were just talking about price and all that. Or the same thing with Gosman in 2014, where he came in and Gosman really saved that ALDS game to the Delman double game. He saved that game from getting out of hand. Um, his appearance in it was, was unreal. And again, he was just kind of a long reliever guy. So I, I think again, if DL can, can come in and do that, I mean, I think that would be great. I can't remember if we talked to him or not about coming out of the bullpen when we interviewed him. Um, but I mean, I, from everyone I've talked to and some of the guys who played with him and played against him when he's on, his stuff is electric. And we saw it that second inning. And again, obviously it didn't go his way against a good team, but um, yeah, I mean, I was excited about the, the outing and, and I'm excited to to see what he can do going forward for the club. Yeah, I think he he's obviously going to play a part in the years moving forward. It'd be awesome if he could contribute in this race. Um, and yeah, as you said, that second inning is sort of, you know, the hopefully the sign of things to come for him um, as he moves forward. I think we have to give a special shout. Out. Obviously, the play tonight. You know, we, we've we moved through these each week of the Orioles, and there's you know we talk about different guys, and we talked a lot about Adley and different people. I feel like Jorge Mateo needs to get the shine this week. The play tonight where he beat out the throw, just a disgusting play. That play should not be made. And on top of that, his stats in August are gross. He's slashing 381, 435, 690 with 10 RBIs, three home runs, two doubles. He's got three stolen bases. Just doing a little bit of everything. A supreme athlete, obviously. Um, who seems to kind of be putting it together at the right time for this team. And he is really, really exciting. I mean, they, like there, I would say he's got to be one of the more exciting guys in baseball that nobody talks about just with the skill set he puts on the field every night. 
Yeah, I mean, he's Billy Hamilton. If Billy Hamilton like had a decent power and like could actually kind of hit, because um, Billy Hamilton, his whole thing was like, oh, he's just he's so fast and he could play good defense and center and he'll steal bases on you. But I mean, Mateo like was literally grading out as like the best defensive player in baseball. He's unreal, and again, I mean, his speed is an it's a it's a legitimate weapon. Like it's it's he is an absolute weapon on the base pass. And again, you saw with that play tonight. Where Bichette made a perfect play, he kind of he barely bobbled it and like took one misstep, and it wasn't even close. I mean, Mateo was so safe. And to hear this this stat too, since July one, he's only behind Corey Seager and Francisco Lindor in OPS. That's that's the list. <laughs> it's insane. And again, this is a guy who was hitting. I mean, he was hitting under two hundred. They said, I think they said it on the pregame show last night or postgame show that that I guess Hyde and Elias and I think the hitting coach sat down with him on 4th of July and, and, and they had this like, Hey, here's who we want you to be. And here's how we want you to play. And again, since then he's been, he's been arguably one of the best shortstops in baseball. Like he has thrown a wrench into this whole, like, Oh, well, we'll, we'll just bring up Gunner and we'll bring up Jordan Westberg. And it's like, yeah, but guess what? They're not going to play third. They're not going to play short. Because he got Jorge Mateo. Like, you can't have him out of the lineup. You can't. He's he's just, his defense is unbelievable. His offense is really, really coming around. And it's just like, again, he's the fastest guy in the world. You have to have him out there. So he, he's he been, uh, I'm with you, he's been a joy to watch. Um, and Elias said it in, uh, a th- in an interview during one of the games. Like, he said straight up, like, he'll he's going to be here next year. Like, he's going to be a key member of this team next year. And I mean, Someone, someone also DM me tonight and they were like, when was the last time you remember like an Orioles team that had speed like this? And I was like, I don't remember if it was like a, a Brian Roberts, Corey Patterson kind of tandem, but like, man, like the, these guys can really fly. You have him and, and Cedric Mullins out there. They got some fast guys out there. And I mean, Mateo, he's just been, he, he, he's, he's been something. And there's a reason that he was the number one prospect in the Yankees organization when Aaron judge was number two, like that, that says something. He was number one. Judge was number two. So that's yeah, I mean, super a, toolsy. I mean, he's yeah, I mean, so toolsy. He's he's it's it's been a great pickup. A absolute just that it's a perfect pickup by Elias. So credit to them for sticking with him, too, because, again, it's easy to kind of the guy wasn't hitting. I feel like it's very easy to kind of. All right. Well, we'll get rid of him. We'll, we'll find someone else. But they stuck with him. And again, he's he's just a weapon. He's the absolute I, weapon. I think that's that's the perfect point you made there at the end like he they could have given up on him at any time this year like really could have like i know he did you know he did some like fun things at the beginning like he always was doing you know he does stuff it's fun on, on Orioles opening and, day and he had that yeah that one clip but and, there were some times where you watch and you're like i mean what are we doing like mm-hmm. you know it's great that he can you know if he gets makes contact and gets it in the gap he can fly around for a triple like that's super fun but like it's not doing anything mm-hmm. and now he's figured it out to a certain extent and if like He's figuring it out to where this is like a consistent over the next couple of years. I mean, he's like a real asset, whether that's to keep around or eventually if you have guys you want to bring up to play that position to trade them. I mean, I know we, we talked about it, you know, we, we don't want anybody to get traded, but like the Orioles have the number one prospect best in baseball that can potentially play shortstop. So you may not need Jorge Mateo, or you can move him around or you can move Henderson around. I mean, mm-hmm. Manny Machado got moved to third once, you know, once upon a time. For, for JJ Hardy. So I, I think that it, it's just been, he's just fun, man. He would be so fun in the playoffs. He would just be like, 
like he's one of those guys that no one in the country has seen, and mm-hmm. you throw him in the playoffs, and people are like, "Who, who in is the this guy? Hell, yep. is this guy? Like, where has this guy been the entire year?" It's because no one watches the Orioles, which is fine. Yeah. They don't have. But that and, he's and, like the perfect playoff guy. It's like everyone's talking about, oh, Baltimore, you got to watch Adley Rushman, you know, Cedric Mullins is an all-star. And then it's like, who the heck's the guy batting seventh, you know? Yeah. So it's also a guy just, if he gets on base in a playoff game where everybody's on high alert, everybody's on the edge of their seat, everybody's locked in on every single pitch. He's got to go first base to the side. Cam they've got you, the double the, camera going. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh boy. And then the pitcher throws over six times. And all Camry Yards is booing him every time he throws <laughs> over. It's one of those situations. Just he's a guy that you want in those types of gun awards. Which, he, as you he, said, he, plays so well in the playoffs because every, it's just so tense. The whole thing's tense. So the boos exactly. are going to start after the first throw over and just go up and up and up and up and up. I mean, we remember in 2014 when the Royals would bring in Gerard Dyson. He's Gerard Dyson if Gerard Dyson could hit. Like you yep. knew he was going to steal and there was nothing you could do about it. And it's, it's, Again, now we have that. Oh, by the way, and he's hitting over 300 since the 1st of July. Like, yeah, he's he would be, yeah, I'm with you. He would be a star. There would get there would be tweets about like, I need a sports science on Jorge Mateo. I bring back John Brinkus and stuff like that. And people, people would love him. Orioles war right now for the season. Adley Rutschman, Cedric Mullins, Jorge Mateo, your top three. You know who he is? He's like Steve Pierce in 2014, where he's that guy who you're gonna go think back and be like, he played that well, like. Yeah, I mean, Steve Pierce led that team in war in 2014. But Mateo is that guy who you'll be like, wait, no way. No, that guy came out of nowhere. Like, they had all those big names. What do you mean he played the best? So, he's he's been great. Yeah, the August the, – and the August numbers at this point are, you know, a pop-up-up I just had in front of me. You know, it's a 42 at-bat sample size. Like, it's not nothing at this point. Yeah, that's so. something. Crazy, crazy. Good for him. He deserves he deserves the uh the weekly shout out. I was gonna give it to Odor, but it's Mateo. It's just Mateo. He's becoming a fan favorite. He's extremely fun to watch. Um, so good for him. Um I will, I will say shout out to Masson for just I again I obviously have it on mute and they pinch hit Odor, I think, in the eighth, and they just showed the uh, the Bautista punch. Like just my guess is they were booing him, Odor, but Masson just queuing that up, being like, oh, here we go, slow motion. Odor knocking the shit out of Bautista. Like, it was – I mean, that's just A+. plus. We, we crap on Masson a lot. We really do. Yes. That's yes, great. That's some great stuff. So Yeah, we do. We do. I will say, uh, speaking of Masson, by the way, we haven't done a lot of TV talk. I very much enjoy Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald. <laughs> Ben McDonald and Kevin Brown are two of my they, – they and I tweeted it the other night. They, they have so like, much fun watching the games. They legitimately enjoy <laughs> each other. Like, they are hilarious with each other. Um, I, I tweet them, like, twice a week. I'm like, I need a podcast with you guys. I think that would be great. I do, too. It's Kevin, like, explaining, like, a theater show to, like, to, to Ben, and he has no idea what the hell Kevin's talking about. And then, like, the other night, Ben McDonald's trying to talk about surf fishing to to kevin where you're standing up to your hips in the water and kevin's like i have no idea about it it's they're they're a perfect odd couple they're they're very and again the orioles announcers people crap have been crapping on them since since gary thorne that whole debacle i think they they this is their next big pairing it has to be kevin brown and ben mcdonald they're they're just they're fantastic they're so good and Ben McDonald is a guy that is like getting getting tons of t- like he's on so much college baseball. Mm-hmm. He is on TV like all year because he's on the SEC network for and 
ESPN for college baseball all year doing mm-hmm. SEC games. And then he's doing all these Orioles games. I think he's become a very good broadcaster. I really enjoy him. I think he's good. I, I think he's entertaining. I, I, I think he loves the organization. I think he's like emotional in the right spots in the post games. Like when he's doing the, I love Jim Palmer. When Ben McDonald is doing the post games after a big win, I'm just more excited because I think he's just, just got a little bit more at this point. Jim mm-hmm. still obviously gets it done. Like the guy is an absolute legend and, you know, says it straight which is just awesome. And we'll probably just for as long as he does this, that will probably just continue to get more that shoot will get more straight. Um, but I love me some, I loved him after like the, um, you know, the comeback win last week. Like he was just like, he's like, Oh, he's just like, looks so happy. It was awesome. They, they're um, the home run tonight. Mount Castle hit the home run and you can hear him just go. Oof. Like, I, I think that stuff's the best. It's just natural commentary. And yeah, he's, He's the best at it. He's he's so much fun to listen to. So they they've they've got something good going on there. Let's turn to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, get your Fed Thrill sunglasses. Um, use the promo code Exit fifty two to get twenty percent off. Um, if you haven't gotten sunglasses at this point, still you know sunglasses will play all year round. FedThrill.com. X promo code exit 52 um, streaks, best streaks um, in honor of the Ravens 21 game preseason winning streak is our uh, category this week. Banks, you have the first pick. I, oh, excuse me, RDT, you have the second pick and I have the third pick. Start us off. This is the easiest one. I feel like we say this all the time. What's the easiest first pick? It's Cal Ripken 21, 31. 2632. It's just not going to be touched. If anybody from here on out gets to a thousand, honestly, I'll be I'll be stunned. What was the Whit Merrifield one that just ended? He was like, like the longest five, in baseball. It was like five, five or six hundred. He would have had yeah. to play because I I told Cal about about that and I asked him about it. Um, he would have had to play in every game for the next fourteen years. Five fifty three is what he got to. Yeah, which again, that's I I told Cal I said I don't think anyone comes within two thousand. Miggy got to eleven fifty two. That's yeah. That June second, he, he broke 2000 his to June twenty first, two thousand seven. Yep. Broke By the way, one one of the best one of the best things that's going to now happen for the remainder of this podcast is when RDT gets the chance to casually drop his Cal Ripken conversations. That was one of the first best ones. Like four weeks after that happened, I love that. That's so great. Not I love the deal. Do I did have a conversation. Yeah, I chatted with Cal, and he's like, "Ah, yeah, probably no one's going to get there." Yeah. Five forty seven, right behind Whit Merrifield, was Prince Fielder. Yeah. He had a big one. Matt Olson. Matt Olson has the longest one now. Does he? Which is like, I think it was like 233 or something like that. Which, I mean, yeah, it's like this, this is what we're talking about. It's just, it's absurd. 1982 a, to 1998. That's Steve Garvey. No, I'm just, I was just saying the date. Oh, no, no, that was it. But yeah. Steve Garvey went, went 1,200. Some guy named Everett Scott back in the 1910s went 1307. And he died from like, dysentery or whatever yeah there was a good diarrhea there's a good uh there's a good book i think it's by john eisenberg um and i think i've talked about it on here before and it's called the streak and it's just about garrig and cal and it goes back and forth like one chapter is cal one chapter is garrig one chapter is cal and then it kind of it kind of like dives into like the modern day stuff and i think it was buck who was quoted in there it was just like managers don't manage like that anymore and like players just don't like an everyday player plays in 150 games. And that's just it. Like you're you're just not gonna see these long streaks anymore because it's just it's just not how people play. So it's I, I again I don't think anyone will ever come within two thousand. 
of the streak. So that's that's yeah, cool. it's very I don't, possible. I don't, it's very possible. It's very possible. Yeah, I don't know that anybody gets to 632. RDT. Yeah, I was hoping that there would be like some obscure golf one that Banks could take. <laughs> like fall in. There are yeah. some good golf ones. Not at all. Um, I'll go. I'll go the other. I, I think DiMaggio is 56 in a row. That's just so impressive. Again, with how fast people are throwing now. That that I mean, that has to be the second most famous baseball streak ever. I think 56. Everyone knows what 56 is. Oh, yeah, boy. I would say so. I would and say was, so. Was it? Wasn't he? Didn't so he went hitless in the one game. Didn't he have like a thirty-game hit streak right before it? And then he went hitless, and then he had a fifty-six game. So I think they were saying, you know, he's four at bats away from. He's one game away from like an eighty-eight or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Um, that's just another streak that I, I don't, I can't see anyone ever getting close to that. I know we've had a couple in the like Luis Castillo had like one in the thirties, I think. Um, a couple guys have had had some longer ones, but. We're not, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll see anything over like 40 because I think I, 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 just, I, I think it's too hard. I think pitchers are too good and guys just, just I think guys out. also, uh, guys also like, you know, this is going to be maybe like an old man take, but like that's just, it's not valued. Like get a hit streak. Like guys are trying to, you know, hit for power or walk or whatever. Like strikeouts mm-hmm. are way up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, again, you, just, they, they, you don't see like a lot of guys like a Tony Gwynn or somebody who maybe could have done it. You know, they're just yeah. those guys aren't out there. They just yeah. don't seem to be out there at this point. Because again, guys now, if they're like, well, I, I you know, if I struck out, it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's the true like, the like the, outcome. The best pure hitter in baseball nowadays. Juan Soto, who's batting like two forty or something. You know. Yeah, like 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 like, like, like Freddie Luis, Freeman is like a really Luis good Arias stick, or whatever but... is batting three thirty three. That's the best average in baseball. Paul Which Goldschmidt, is very good. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, three twenty-eight. Freddie Freeman, three twenty. Jose Iglesias, three fourteen. Andres Jimenez, three twelve. I mean, it's not as if like these guys just aren't there. Yeah, I mean, you don't have. I mean, hell, Melvin Moore hit what three forty in two thousand four, I think. That's right. Yeah, and again, if if a guy like Ichiro couldn't do it, it's like I mean, what do you? Yeah, I mean that would have yeah twelve hits in a season. Yeah, yeah. Like if guys like that can't do it, I don't think we'll ever. We'll ever see again forty, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I in, in two thousand four, Jordan... Ichiro hit three seventy two. Barry Bonds at three sixty three sixty two. Todd Helton three forty seven. Melvin Moore three forty. Vlad Guerrero three thirty six. Like you have a ton of guys over three hundred. A ton of, I mean, thirty six guys over three hundred right now in baseball. This is becoming a very old man baseball take. Right now in baseball, there are 15 guys hitting over three 300 or above. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, that's 15. High. That seems very high. 15. When and I, Aaron Judge and Jose Abreu are batting 300 on the number. When I pop open um, the ESPN app and I, I pull up an Orioles game on a given day, the game preview always has the, the batting leaders and the pitching leaders of the, you know, whatever statistics. And ours, they still haven't changed it. I guess they just leave it. But it's Trey Mancini. Hitting 266, 266 is leading a team. So there you have it. It's also crazy to me. DiMaggio, yes, he was a center fielder, but he had by no means a reputation as like a, a blazer on the base pass. Because mm-hmm. a streak like that, as you're mentioning Ichiro, and you're surprised he didn't do it, 
Ichiro is a guy who can have an off day and find his way on the first base with, with a dinky dribbler Not down the third base or, yeah. or a bunt single or whatever. Dimaggio didn't have that on the bag. He, he had hit the ball hard somewhere in, in his bag. And he did it. He did it 56 days in a row. It's unbelievable. Zach of a streak. Um, his, right, by the way, his, he had 30 stolen bases in his, his entire career. Joe Dimaggio. Joe DiMaggio, by the way, I just got on a Wikipedia kick on Joe DiMaggio because there's a new Netflix movie coming out about Marilyn Monroe. I think it may have just come out, or it's coming out soon. It's like NC-17. It's apparently going to cause a lot of controversy. Yeah. But um, yeah. obviously Joe DiMaggio, part of that story. So I like read Joe DiMaggio's Wikipedia page a couple weeks ago. Uh, apparently not the greatest guy is what I gathered. Um, no way. Doesn't seem to be. Um, all right, I'm going to take – I feel like I got to just get this here. I, this because I, – I, I'm taking the Ravens. I'm taking the 21 preseason games. Um, I It's hilarious. I love bringing it up at work to people that don't root for the Ravens and they all think it's impressed. It's just a ridiculous streak. It's just a good, I think it's a good thing to have on my team here. Um, it's, it's just wild. It makes no sense. I don't think any team will get anywhere close to this ever again. Like talk about unbreakable. There's just no freaking way. Like it, as much as the Ravens extend, this is what the record is going to be till the end of time. That's that's the streak, and I'm 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 taking that one. So 21 for the Ravens. Let me just write it in here. I don't know if you guys have anything to add there, but say that again. What what did you take? Oh, did you you get you get thrown off here. My AirPods just died on me out of nowhere. Oh, no, no warning. Let me tell you what. For the listeners at home, this has been a technical battle. You can't tell <laughs> all the technical battles that have gone. Maybe you can because Banks' audio was bad for like 10 minutes there, but. RDT has gotten kicked off the show. It's going to be much more apparent on the YouTube version if you were watching on YouTube. Yeah, which I'm going to need you to send me the file yeah. after we're done. Yeah, there has been some some technical some technical snafus. We're we're running through it. I took the 21 games for the Ravens. Thanks. Took that one. Sorry, say it again. The I took the Ravens preseason streak. Ah, okay. And then I'm going to take another one that I just don't think it's back to me because of. Um, my my golf other golf loving pal. I'm taking Tiger Woods' 142 consecutive cuts. I think that is an unbelievable streak. When you see also that no one has gotten anywhere close to it, and will never ever again. PJ Tour, ever Rory McIlroy misses a cut every single year, and he's the best player in the world right now. So yeah. it's there's, there's it's exactly like Cal's streak, where when the player who has the longest streak going, um. When it when somebody's streak ends, they name who the next person in line is, and then they say he has to make every cut until 2028 in order to in order to get to Tiger's streak, and it always ends around like 25 or 30. Nobody ever gets a streak past 30 or so in today's day and age. Byron Nelson was this, was second with 113 cuts. Jack Nicholas, 105 was his longest one. Again, I mean, they're, they're Bill Mickelson has missed a Bill Mickelson has streets. missed a cut every year of his professional career. Now he plays on a tour with tour with no cuts, so he's in a great place. But can't insane. miss a cut if you don't have to. Can't miss a cut. cut if there's no cut, baby. Yep. So I'm taking that one. I I, I wanted to get that. I I don't know, Banks. I'm assuming that was on your board. I feel like I just need to get that before you. Can it was on. The I love. Sure. I love that streak. I absolutely. I think it's just insane. I mean, Tiger Woods has other things that could be taken here, by the way. But um, I'll take that. RDT. Um, I will take John Wooden, 88 straight college basketball wins. Because, again, that's just – I mean, that's unbelievable. 
they're there multiple years. Yeah. yeah. Like multiple years, multiple classes, like multiple. I, I just, it's crazy again. I mean, obviously every stat he, I mean, like, like tiger, he could have, there could be 15 different John Wooden, you know, there's another big one up there. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. Cause again, 88 is, is it's just ridiculous. I mean, that's it. That's one where you may never see, I mean, the, the college, the best college coaches in the country, in the world, don't, they, they don't win 18 in a row, let alone 88. Obviously it was a different time. Game is much different. Players are much different, but 88 games in a row is 88 games in a row. I don't, I don't know what else you can really uh, say about that. It's crazy. I mean, there's a, a comparable, some comparable stretches on the women's side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, since John Wooden's, there's really not on the men's. There just isn't. Wait, wait, what's the what's the longest on the men's? Maybe Indiana or Houston? like Indiana went undefeated. I, there's not undefeated it's, or something, but there's nothing close. There's no, just nothing. You, I mean, close. Indiana. Was every what? team loses a game every year. I mean, 30, 36 and or thirty eight now or something like that. It's like all right, cool. You're still fifty away. You know. If yeah. you know, I, it's yeah. Every, Obviously, that Gonzaga, the Gonzaga team almost went undefeated and won the title, but yeah, um, that's the most recent one that's even sniffed undefeated season. It's disgusting. So, yep. Thanks. I'm gonna take the Cubs streak of 108 years not winning a championship. I think that's just ridiculous. It's crazy, mm-hmm. um, especially a a team that's been around for so long and has such a historic ballpark and has so much. I don't know, pride from a major city and it's should have all the resources to be competitive. And somehow they made a way, you know, made it 108 years without winning a championship. Lost and, and got close and then lost in, you know, heartbreaking fashion. Yeah. I mean, the, their run of not even winning the national league from 1945 till to, it was 2016, right? Like even that alone so, yeah. is an incredible streak. Yeah. So I'm gonna take that one. Got another. I am gonna go with another baseball one. I'm actually gonna take Ted Williams' 84 straight games on base. I think that's a very overlooked one, a very incredible one. Um, I think I think it's just awesome. It's one of those like baseball things where two iconic center fielders in the same. Well, they weren't really divisions back then, but two rival teams that are baseball legends. They have these awesome streaks that really define who they are as baseball players. And just as Ted Williams as a whole, I don't think gets the love that he should get. Um, hitting 521 home runs and doing what he did despite missing the prime of his career uh, going to war. So, um you know, if he doesn't do that, then he's he's got some seriously disgusting numbers in terms of counting numbers in his mm-hmm. career. Um, so 84 straight getting on base. Um, they sometimes they say it walks as good as a hit. And so 84 is more than 56. It's a good one. It's a good one. Oh, Jinx. There you go. <laughs> um, two good ones there. A couple of good base ones. RDT. All right. I'm going Glenn Hall. Familiar? He was I don't have that one on. A goalie for the Indianapolis Capitals in the AHL, the Red Wings, the Blackhawks, and the Blues. He started and completed 502 straight games as a goalie. Wow. That's unbelievable. Like when I when I Googled sport, you know, sports streaks, 
that was the first one that popped up. And I was like, this, I've never heard of this before. I was like, this is, that's legitimately unbelievable. A goalie doing that. I mean, that was, it, it's crazy. Again, I can't remember what the years were. I, th- I think it was in like the 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, but just cr- when I saw the 502 straight, not just started, completed games as a goalie in that era where like you were wearing like tissue paper as a, as like your padding and like you didn't have a mask. So that's just crazy. So shout out to him because that's, it's just dumb numbers. That's, that's kind of ridiculous. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Like, it, again, like just in a row, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's nuts. Like, that's a streak that should be talked about more. That's wild. That is wild. Shout out to Glenn Hall. Wonder when's the last time he was mentioned on a podcast. Shout out to him. Um, Okay. I am going to take, in reference to one of the great YouTube videos of all time, I'm taking Michael Van Gerwen's 17 straight perfect darts. (laughs) Um, Really, really a video that I think has been mentioned on this show before. Um, one of the great moments in darts history. Um, th- there is like a line in the video where one of the commentators goes something to the effect of like, you're witnessing a piece of sporting history. It's just like so unbelievably good, that video. Um, so there you go. 17 perfect darts for Mike for MVG. Um, it's just one of the biggest travesties of all time that he just didn't get that last dart. If he hits the last dart, the place maybe, maybe the alley pally maybe just falls down. Like, yeah. I think there's just a riot, and just like the match is not complete if he hits that. The crowd is just enraptured. It is such an amazing. Like, if you watch that video, it doesn't make you want to watch a little more darts. You just don't have a soul straight up. So, <laughs> is is the nine darter basically the the British version of an and one dunk that that just gets a on the court and everything just has to stop for a while yeah maybe yeah or like like like, almost like breaking the hoop yeah exactly just a a dunk where everybody just runs out on the court and it's just like yeah yeah there's just there's something unique about it in terms of just the whole thing stopping for a second like it just like there's the full celebration it's it's just so so unique to darts that it just like can't really happen in a team sport. Soccer is a little bit like that too. Like a great soccer goal, like soccer celebrations take forever. So there's like you know you have like the Wayne Rooney bike and they run around for a while and celebrate or whatever. Yeah. By the way, the Premier League stuff this weekend was incredible. I don't know if anybody you you guys are paying attention to that stuff at all. The stuff with Chelsea and Tottenham and then the Manchester United drama is tremendous. But yeah, I don't know if there's like a lot that's comparable to it. Um, and then next I'm going to take, um, Undertaker 21 straight at WrestleMania, one of the great streaks in the history of pro wrestling. I figured you guys probably thought I was going there and I'm absolutely going there. Broken by Brock Lesnar in one of the stunning moments of my TV watching career. I was flabbergasted at the end of the streak, flabbergasted, but propped up Brock Lesnar for a long time. So it's a good one. All righty. I will go. I don't know if I'll get this on the next go round. I will go, and it's my turn, right? You you just took your two, Taylor. Yes. All right. Yes, right. Yes. I'm going the 19th hole streaker at the British Open with John Daly winning that. Uh, oh, streaker. Good. Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. Like okay. one of the most famous golf pictures ever. It's got to yeah. be up there. It's a very recognizable picture. Oh yeah. Um, when I thought streaker, that was the first like streaker that came to mind. 
This is a very funny it's pick. So perfectly early nineties where John oh. really has the fit and he's got his girl on him. And his hair, like every yeah, it's very it's just, everything is perfect about it. And it's St. Andrews. <laughs> like what? That's great. Yeah, it's it's like if that happens at Augusta, that guy's probably shot dead. Like oh yeah, on site. Like, yeah, just on site. They're dragging his body off off the green. Um, yeah, I just I had to take that. I couldn't hold on to that one anymore. Very funny Good picture. Pick. If if you don't know what I'm lo- talking about, just Google 19th old John Daly. Just painted right on his back, pointing down to his ass. Not John Daly, the streaker. There you go. Thanks. I am going to take Roger Federer, 23 straight semifinals. Yeah, a wild streak. Touching that one. Um, I believe the, clo- the, the previous record was 10. I don't know if anybody has pushed past that as the, the runner-up to that, that record. Uh, I would imagine goes- Djokovic got Joker, around yeah, at least 10. Maybe. To go the doll is always good for an injury. So six years yeah. of, of making it to every semifinal of a slam is absurd. Um, it's one thing to just reel off a bunch of wins and be dominant and be in the mix there, but just it, you really just don't lose to a lesser player for the most part, like especially in the era in which he did. I know it was on the earlier side when Nadal came along like a couple years later into that streak. Djokovic wasn't really who he became at that point yet, but still like for him to do that and just not get upset, go through four or five rounds untouched. Yeah. Djokovic, Djokovic did 14 was his longest. Including some surfaces that aren't necessarily his forte. Bad. Definitely. Definitely weak. Definitely weak on the clay. Definitely weak on the clay. Definitely weak on the clay. Yeah, uh, Djokovic, 14 straight. Don't think he's getting anywhere close to that now. So he he will sit at 14. As you said, Nadal gets hurt every couple, you know, things. So, um, yeah, that's – I mean, t- t- you're just bound to get upset in tennis. It's just – I mean, Fed is just we, – we've really gone through a golden age of tennis players. There's a – there's a – there is a – maybe there's books been written – there's probably a book been written about – that has been written about it. I can't talk. There is like a documentary or something to be made about the Djokovic, Federer, Nadal era that hopefully gets them all to participate that I think would be really, really interesting if they did it the right way. So I don't think there are three guys that have been so dominant, and I don't think anybody really knows that much about any of them. Like, yeah. they're probably the most sport- known, obviously, because they're incredible sportsmen, but they're all known for really what they do on the court and the different ways that they accomplish what they do off the court. Like, Federer is kind of known for being like a family man. Nadal is very private and doesn't do a ton in the like social media or anything. And then Djokovic is known for being an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's very interesting that there's like, you know, they also speak so like eloquently when they do these like post-match it's like very, they're very interesting characters to me that, you know, have dominated the sport. Um, but like a guy like Kyrgios is way more interesting from an off the court perspective than any of those guys. I like him. Yeah. Um, he just wanted DC. He, he just he, wanted to see you. He's the asshole, right? He's the the one who yeah. looks like she's had 700 drinks. That that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What he's great. Uh, Banks, you have your last pick. I'm taking streaks. Madden play. I'm just taking everyone go route. Simple Ooh, play. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy play to audible into when you're, you're going no huddle. Um, 
it's effective. You just got to find the pockets in the zone defense. Um, I'm more of a four verts guy, but I was going to say four verts, but you got to put You got to put audibles into it or you have like, hot routes. You have to hot route them. You, you also have- like, like the actual streaks you can do is like, you have the four guys run the four verts and then the guy, the fifth receiver runs that little like skinny post. And you, the guy's always open. That, that all came along maybe a decade ago, but like back in the, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The 05 Madden, things like that. It was, it was streaks all day. Yeah. So that's my pick. Good pick. Good pick. Um, RDC, you got one more. I am going to finish mine with, um, I'll go OGL. Only guy left 194 straight solo Fortnite matches. That's oh my god! Tip your cap, just tip your cap. That's that's pretty insane. In a world with the with the hacking and the you know, the wall hacks, modding, bot, sure, you know, crazy. Some people can't even get one. Be talking. I'll be telling. I'll be telling my kids about that one. Yeah, OGL only guy left. Fortnite kind of feels like it's past its point of hotness. Yeah, right? this was in 2020 to 2021. So, like, it was pretty recent as well. There was at one point, like, a Fortnite World Cup at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And there were, like, 15,000 people there. Oh, Doesn't yeah. There was, there, were, there was, like, a Rocket League tournament this this weekend in Dallas that, like, sold out. I think it was Mavericks Arena. It was in, yeah, in, the Ro- Rocket League is gigantic. Rocket League is massive. Even, like, Call of Duty is still pretty big. But, I mean, the, yeah. the CDL, the Call of Duty League, is, is phenomenal to watch. We're a Super Smash Brothers Melee competition house over here. We're watching Smash on. There, on there's big money. There's big money in all these tournaments. It's crazy. And and parents go ballistic because they're like, what do you mean? What do you get scholarships? What do you be making money with that now? It's like, yeah, a lot of people are making a lot of money. So I'm a big Twitch. I watch Twitch. I watch, I watch Dr. Disrespect every night before I go to bed. So it's. Nah, I'm not into the Fortnite, but I will tip my cap to a Fortnite player. 94 straight. Was Dr. Disrespect just he was just somewhere, wasn't he? Throwing he was bombs just, at the 49ers camp. That's yeah. what it was. I saw that. Five yard pass saw, to Greg yeah. Kittle. Yeah. 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 The man. Two time back to back. 1993, 1994 national blockbuster champion. Dr. Disrespect. He's very, I enjoy his videos. He's the man. He's my favorite person in the world. I love him. Um, all right, I'm going to finish this off here. Uh, I'm taking um, USA, uh, two straight world wars. Ooh. Yeah. And the way the way, the way way politics is going, we'll see if we need to win a third one in a row. Yeah. I thought uh, about just going USA and just wars in general, but the Vietnam War is kind of a gray area. Yeah, Vietnam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. that is definitely a gray area. Definitely a gray area. Um, but yeah, consecutive world wars. You got to absolutely love that. Love the cheap, um, ocean the city cheap shirts, oceans. Yeah. Back to back. That stuff's great. I mean, that's, just, that's, that's pure sensations, which I won't we, be caught. We, we I won't be caught. Do, I won't be caught dead in the sensations. We not. need to do a starting five of boardwalk t-shirts. <laughs> there was some I'm with her. I'm with him. Like we should like do a lot. We should at some point next summer, like plan, like an ocean city, like show, like a meetup or something. And do a show. Boardwalk while we record. Yeah. Boardwalk. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, two straight world wars. Yeah. Just some girl a couple weeks ago was just walking around in an I love Dilf shirt. It was just like, I was like, (laughs) like, where am I right now? Every shirt is like Nipsey Hustle or Kobe. (laughs) Nipsey Hustle. It's always Nipsey Hustle or Kobe. RIP Nipsey. 
Yeah, I think um, it was his birthday today. Was it? All that uh, ESPN tweeted that out. So thanks, God, that feels like a long time ago. R.I.P. Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, they knew they were gonna get some cheap engagement out of that one. Yeah, right. It has nothing to do. Nipsey, Nipsey, I guess was a big sports guy though, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he was a big Lakers guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. You're right. Nipsey Hustle's birthday. Yeah, Thirty-seven. Thanks, ESPN. By the way, ESPN a couple weeks ago did the um, their yearly like dream match. Globo Gym versus um, oh yeah yeah oh, they yeah. do that I mean they, they just like they fucking oh, the world Excel championships yeah oh yeah 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 I saw that last weekend right are you gonna watch this documentary on the Savannah Bananas that might be interesting have you didn't seen know, them advertise that no there yeah. was one they're doing an ESPN Plus documentary on them I'm interested to watch that to be honest That'd be um, cool. so yeah two straight World of Wars closes out the draft <laughs> shout out to America. Who I'm representing this week? <laughs> it would have been All a bad time. look if 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 you said that and then picked the uh, Europe, or then we're on Team Europe. Cal Ripken, Cubs, Ted Williams, Roger Federer, Streaks and Madden for Banks. RDT takes Joey DiMaggio, uh, Johnny Wooden, uh, Glennie Hall, the 19th hole streaker, and OGL's Fortnite streak, which. <laughs> people are going to talk about for a long time. I took the Ravens in the preseason Tiger Woods cuts. Uh, I don't know what that accent was. Uh, perfect darts for Michael Van Gerwen undertaker streak at WrestleMania and the consecutive world wars. Um, I didn't have a ton on the honorable mention. I have to shout out UConn women's basketball. My friend Anna works for UConn. They've had like a million incredible streaks. That's the comparable one to John Wooden. better. I mean, UConn women's basketball, better streaks than John Wooden. Um, and uh, I had a Rafael Nadal wins on clay. And then the Houston Rockets 22-game win streak when they just randomly ripped off 22 straight. Oh, yeah. W- was one of the all-time random, like, not that good team streaks. Yeah, so, I forgot about it. that. Was shout like, out what, to the 15? Shout out to the Rockets. 15? No, before that. It was like... Um, 14? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Rockets 22-game. That was like in the mid-2000s. Oh, I don't know why. I, uh, I think I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, 2012, 13. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh no. Two, all right. 2007, eight, the, right. the well, heat won 27 straight. In yeah. I remember the heat one. Cause I was full on. I was, that was middle of me. Oh uh, yeah. Did you head. see, did you see Bronny's uh, poster dunk today? I did. Yeah. Did you see skip? I didn't. Skip Bayless said that his dad would have dunked it left-handed or something like that. No I mean, that's off. so bad. No what is Skip off. doing? Skip Let me sucks. get the actual tweet. Let me get it. Let me get it's, it. It's, yeah, I'm also looking up. It's hey, so Bronny, sad. Dot, dot, dot. Impressive. But your dad would have dunked it left-handed. You sure got away with it, though. See, like, like pardon my take the has it right. The kid is like 18, 17 years old. So they were saying all Skip has ever wanted is LeBron to, like, tweet him back talking about his child is going to get that, you know, like that's a thing where LeBron's like, I don't care what you say to me, but like, you're tweeting my 17 year old child. Like you're, you are a 55 year old grown man. I don't know. He's older than that. I don't think that, I don't think LeBron will take debate on skip. I I think that I just don't think skip is 70, by the way, he's not going to have to wait 70. Oh God. Good. Get fucking good riddance. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that, that, I think LeBron will take the bait on a lot of people. I don't think he won't skip. I think he's dug in this long. You can't do it now. You just can't. You can't do it. Yeah. 
you can't. You have to you have to try and 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 not give into the skip. You're right though. Going after it. I mean, skips the a son is it, that that's another like the in family all the thing ways that thing. that Stephen A. And I know people don't like Stephen A. Stephen A. is freaking entertaining. He really is entertaining on TV. Skip is just not. He's just straight up not. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. Awful. Like eleven hours ago, how many points will LeBron's Lakers Lakers lose by Golden State on opening night? Now and undisputed. It's freaking August fifteenth. That show stinks. I wonder if anybody's watching that show. And I actually kind of like Shannon Sharp. <laughs> yeah, he he hitched his uh, wagon to the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, smart move. Well, smart move. I bet he's getting paid a ton. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's definitely getting paid a ton. But he's with a bum. Um, I had a couple notable, what are they called? Honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions. Richard Petty, oh. 10 straight wins. That's the damn king. good. That's damn the good. King was a legend. Eight straight games with a home run. Griffey Jr., Mattingly, Dale Long. How could we forget? Yes. Blue Streak. Great movie. Very funny movie. Um, Ken Ken Jennings, seventy four straight Jeopardy wins. Yeah. Very impressive. Et sixteen straight weekends at number one. Amazing. That is amazing. By the way, I I was going down that list and like looking at the top fifty streaks. And they're un- like the the movies on there are just unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. It, that, that was a fun list to look down. I was that trying was to find list. a good music one with the charts, and I just didn't. I didn't find one I liked. I didn't find one I liked. Yeah. Um, but music's a tough one. But Richard Petty, eighty five. Banks, any? Um, I had Oral Hershiser, fifty nine point one straight shutout innings. I think just, I think that in itself is just really mind boggling. Um, Johnny Vandermeer, back-to-back no-hitters. I That's one that's not ever going to happen again. Uh, Byron Nelson reeled off 11 straight wins. Um, Eric Gagne, 84 straight saves. Gretzky had 13 straight seasons of 100 points. <laughs> the closest is six. That's dumb. Um, and then I had – I initially had it because my research showed it, but it's since been broken. But, Johnny, you held the – touchdown pass record for a long time 46 broke it yeah I, johnny you had a record at 46 and it held until like 2012 when drew Brees broke it i think, I think else has passed that number mcnair was like mcnair got into his 40s i think or high 30s because i remember it stopped at the first mcnair streak stopped at the first game i ever went to um, it was Ed Reed's rookie year. So what year was that? 2000. Yeah. So it stopped the game here in Baltimore. I think it was like 13, 10, the, the Ravens won and that game stopped it. Cause like, I, that was like the last line I heard on the, on the TV on ESPN before we left for the game. It was like, Oh, Steve McNair is 39 straight games with a touchdown pass. My notes say that Favre was the closest with 36. Okay. So it maybe it was like, it was mid thirties or something like that. Yeah. I just remember it was like up there and I was like, holy shit, like this is something. And then, it, and then it stopped that game. So. Yeah. Good. Listen. There you have it. Very good. Uh, good draft guys. There you go. Uh, next week it's locked in. We normally come up with the starting fives, like two hours before the freaking podcast. <laughs> We're doing best ad campaigns next week. Come get that filet fish. Give me that fish. What are you doing, man? I know. We already talked away. about it. Before. We, we talked about it before the show. So yeah. I just, 
just to, just wanted to tease out where we're kind of going there. We talked about that one for the show. So that's not, that's a pick on the board for everybody, but we have talked about nothing since we have not put anything. We obviously had, I'll call now last week. We talked about that's been talked about on the show a couple of times. Oh, that's that's, that's out there in the open. That's out there in the open for RDT, but uh, Maybe excited to do that one. Excited to do that one. I'll call now. Um, Nick and Medley. Nick and Medley, Maryland person of the week, RDT. Uh, for the second week in a row, I'm going to go myself because oh my God. like we no one has about, praised their self more in this segment than you. I don't even think it's, it's been a, it's been a slow two weeks praise wise. Impressive that it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, usually it's Brian. Um, I sure, you also do. Am I the humblest person on this show? Eh, who's to say? <laughs> um, I took we'll, my daughter we'll put up that to a vote. To tar- <laughs> took my taught my daughter to Target last week, and she asked if she could get a toy, and I said yes without really looking at it until we got in the car. And she showed it to me that it was a Lego set, like we talked about, in Kanto Casita. And I tweeted about it. I saw the numbers on the pieces, and it was 587 pieces. And I almost drove off the road. <laughs> that is a fucking... That is a lot of pieces. So that is what I spent my Thursday night doing, not watching Ravens-Titans, kind of watching Reds, uh, Red Sox-Orioles, but putting together... 587 pieces of casita from Encanto. And it all went swimmingly. It was very easy. Lego now packages their stuff like in individual bags and they made it very easy. Not like the Legos we grew up with. Oh, that's I mean, come on. Talk about soft. Oh, yeah. But it, when you're building it, you're like, thank God, because it's it was 190 pages, the instruction manual. But it was very easy. Yes. Again. Yeah, it's it was a lot. But it all went swimmingly until tonight when my three and a half year old accidentally stepped on it. And <laughs> we are now back to 587 pieces. So I will be doing that tomorrow. I heard it happen and I just put my head in my hands and just like just had to sit quiet for a couple minutes. So, yeah. Wow. It's me for not losing my cool and not throwing out all 587 pieces. That's a lot. I texted my wife and I said I'd done something very bad. And she thought I like bought another dog or something like that. She said I thought it was involving an animal. <laughs> so that would have been amazing. Just come up with a just had come up with a puppy. <sighs> no. No, no, no. But I'd rather come up with a puppy than a 587 piece casita in con- from Encanto. Mm. Shout out to Encanto. Great movie. Um I am going to go here. I'm going to take – I touched on it a tick during the draft. I'm going to take the English Premier League, which through two weeks has been just unbelievably entertaining. Uh, Manchester United's um, collapse of sorts uh, appointment television and uh, the Tottenham-Chelsea game with everything going on with the two managers and the goals and how great that game was. I, I know, you know, it's not a league based here and, you know, people have their opinions on soccer. It is one of – could be the most entertaining sports league in the world. There's just so much drama with it. It started early this year because the World Cup, and I, I couldn't love it anymore. I'm why it's just so. It's also like F1. It's like just on in the morning, and you wake up, and I sit there and I do some work on my computer, and I eat breakfast, and I just watch soccer. It's awesome. <laughs> so, shout out to the Premier League. Just continues to deliver week after week through two weeks. So, what do you got, Banks? 
I'm just going to give it to Wills Alatoris. I want to give it to Shamar Bridges. I feel like I gave him a lot of praise and I put him in the Hall of Fame earlier. So, um, you know, going to give it to Wills Alatoris after a, a long road of a lot of close finishes, including playoff losses. In his first ever PGA Tour playoff event, um, just an incredibly exciting playoff there against Sepp Straka, where both of them sprayed balls off the tee on the second playoff hole and grinded their way to a clutch par to push it to that third hole. And then just the drama of the balls toying and flirting with the water there and bouncing all over the stones and the one ball just resting in kind of the, the cut there just made for incredible drama. Um, you know, we look at the other side of things. Live golf has had, I think three events. There's been little to no drama whatsoever as those tournaments have come down the stretch, especially given that they use a shotgun format, which is bananas. Um, just goes to show like, I think there are a lot of people that were just using it as another example, like the PGA tour just being such a far superior product than live. And right now it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a really exciting finish. And Will Zalatoris is a great golfer. He's finally in the world top 10 after getting his first win here. He's in position to, to win the FedEx cup if he keeps it up. Um, and uh, yeah, well earned. Willie Z, big W. I was not by my TV for that, but went back and watched the highlights. What a finish. Tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, clutch pots. He made three, three big time putts that were just the kind of putts that are, you know, your eight footers that are 50 50 putts that the read is kind of there in front of you. You just got to hit the putt at the right pace and on the right line. And he absolutely buried all three of them. So, by the way, absolutely loved his make the putt, turn around and say, What are you going to say about me now? Yeah. After he's not proven this ever, like he's never won. <laughs> and like, it was an amazing, like clearly he's getting internal motivation out of that, which is awesome. But also a like, yeah, I mean, there's a reason you've like missed putts like this in the past. And so there was that critique of you and now you've proven it wrong, but like, yeah, I guess, I guess what are they? And he also hadn't won yet. Like he, they didn't win yeah. in the tournament. He, so if he goes and loses, and I love Will Zalatoris. He hit a great putt at the PGA to get himself in that playoff. He also he hit a really good putt at the U.S. Open that on another day maybe goes in against Matthew yeah, Patrick. That's he, also he did true. not hit a bad putt. I mean, that was right yeah. there. Um, I just love that. I love that that you just like. Um, it's like almost like he had that plan. It was awesome. Um. But he actually, afterwards, he's like, I can't believe I said that. Like, that yeah, like, yeah. And that's the other thing. He is so, like, not – I wouldn't say he's, like, boring. He's just sort of very stoic locked at times. In. He kind of goes like this. Is, he's locked in. Shows some emotion for sure. But that was, like, nothing we'd seen from him, too. I like him, though. I, I mean, we talk about golf a lot on the show at times. The PGA Tour has so many fun young players. They really do. I, I know they've lost yeah. guys to live, but, like – Zalatoris and you know even all these guys like JT is still so young. Well, speed, who brings the electricity just... that jumped over there? Really, like hardly anyone. Yeah, like, I even mean Brooks Kepka has accomplished great things, but has he been exciting on the golf course? Hardly. It's Bryce. It's Bryson, but that thing might just be breaking down. I, right. I like uh, he just might be breaking down as a human being from a physical. That in itself is the electricity, though. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So. But not as fun when he's not on golf courses that people know and have any idea what's happening and he's on YouTube. I mean, that's the other right. thing. I mean, they're playing right. on YouTube. 
Um, I thought about taking that video that I took of him and trying to pawn it off as an NFT, but sell it to Bryson. He would because say he, that he probably owns that video. He did a round of NFTs, but I took the video in person. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He probably assumes because you were six feet away from him that he owns that rights to that video. He's a content mm-hmm. creator. Possible. Yeah, you're in his air. His NFT. Yeah, maybe we'll make some FT2 NFTs. Mm-hmm. You guys in the blockchain game at all? Just buy some shirts, please. <laughs> so in the crypto game? <laughs> Yeah, just buy like two years, two years, two years. We'll start with shirts. We'll start with shirts. Ah, no, I mean you can still get you can still get involved. Yeah, the Orioles are doing one with Adley or something. Yeah, they're giving yeah. something away. Yeah. Um, one honorable mention for me, and this I think you know, I think RDT will be a little more interested in this. He he always brings up, you know, everything this person does to me on our text chain. Um, so I have to I have to get a shout in for this. Um. Demi Lovato beginning her tour um, the last week or so. The set list is out, and it's a pretty good set list. And I think it's coming back into into a possibility that I would go see her on tour in DC. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's like enough old songs on there where I just I might have to. I'm it's at the anthem. Like we'll see. Like I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I just felt like I'd give you that update live. I was gonna text you about it, and then I was like, I, I did not show. I did not know about it. So. No, I know you didn't know. I know you didn't know. Um, you normally just send me things when bad things are going on, which is fine. Um, but you know, I, you know, we like, we, you, you like to get in, in into me about the Demi Lovato stuff. So I, no, like I, don't, I don't, I'm just, I don't, I like no, 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 that happen. No, for sure. No, I, I think it's a good, we have a good back and forth on it. It's, it's, I enjoy it every time, but this is my, I may, and maybe like, I mean, maybe you'll, you'll, you want to come with me? We'll see. Maybe, maybe we, <laughs> yeah, maybe we grab some tickets and we go down there. Can you imagine you and I standing for the anthem? <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I, I can't even. I'm not even so gonna. Maybe you can bring me in content Lego. Um, not, not all 587, but <laughs> sorry, I did a bad thing. I just bought $70 general mission Demi Lovato tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, nice. and a and a and a puppy and a 587 piece Lego. Oh. That's my one honorable mention. Shout out to Demi. Demi, never die. I'll never go away from you. She's back, baby. Back. She's always back. Any honorable mentions from you two fine gentlemen? I don't know. John Harbaugh, MEC Bank Stadium. Just good to be back. Um, I will say just a little stadium review of sorts. There's some rust out there uh, at the old stadium at, at the bank. Uh, the ticket – Ticket takers, the security lines. There's a lot of rust from the from the crew there. Uh, they got a lot of tape to watch, to review, to to work on. Maybe uh, work out the kinks a little bit, and uh, they've they've got some work to do before they're ready for week two against Miami. Yeah, I mean we have and, that. I know I know at Maryland we have preseason games. You start hand work up. Out some I got I got to I got to own up to it. Uh, the stairs up to the 500 level. I'm not, I'm not in playing shape yet. Like I really got to kind of take that climb a couple more times and um, get myself. I, I plan to, to, to spectate my way into to fan shape there. Are the season tickets back in play for you this year? They are. They, they certainly are. So, gotcha. Very nice. I mean, I, we, we could do every home game. I could do the, the old walk back. <laughs> I am going to get to the stadium more this year. That is my pledge to the listeners. I feel like I have neglected on 
attending Ravens games and with more frequency, and I will be attending Ravens games this year. He's so. about he's about a, a five iron from. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so true. The East End Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe if you're heading it, not if I'm heading it, but um, yeah. Top golf, like, by the way. Sp- speaking of golf, well, you get a stroke, so that's true. Probably multiple strokes. The the top golf also going up. Um, somebody told me it was going to be done by like September. There is no way that's done by the beginning of September. They've Literally got, in two weeks. They've still got work to do there. Um, it's, it's close, but it's like none of the flooring is done, and like the poles are now up, so it's becoming a little more real. Like the giant one. Poles. One would think the objective is September 18th, which is the home opener against Miami. Mid September. I wonder what they'll do with it during game days. That's going to be very fascinating. I guess they'll just have it open and then people will be playing as games are going on there. The question is, where do you park? I guess you park at the casino. I guess yeah. that's where people are going to park there. Yeah. Um, but they've started to do some of the landscaping. The concert venue is flying up seemingly right there. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be a very interesting area now. I hope it becomes an area that like, you know, kind of connects that entire like stadium to Fed Hill to casino type of corridor. That could be kind of cool. Um, and before that was sort of had some rundown stuff. Obviously, you know, I'm sure a million people listening to the show have kind of gone down in that area, but where I got mugged. Right oh, that's that right. Area, right yeah. in that area. That's right. I drive through there every day. Ah, memories. Good yeah. times. Yeah. And I, I, I say no more mugging of RDT. I tell everybody <laughs> that I drive past. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. He has a family. He has an Encanto Lego to build. So people take it seriously. They really do. I know. Really do. I know. Mendes. Um, all right. That's the SCV2 podcast for this week. Great to have the Ravens back at the bank. Orioles headed in playoff contention. We'll have it all covered here on the SCV2 podcast. Um, hopefully have some guests as we move forward um towards football season. I've instant analysis is our three weeks away. Something mm-hmm. like that. Back on you know Sundays, Mondays, Saturdays, Thursdays, Fridays, whenever they Tuesdays. NFL games are gonna be Tuesdays. NFLs are every game, but they games are every day of the week. So instant analysis will be back. And I, you know, if there we haven't talked about it, and we'll we can talk about it offline, you know, Orioles posting games, we have not encountered what that could look like. So that, you know, I know me and RDT and Banks have discussed doing like live shows during the Orioles games, like doing like watch alongs that could be maybe in play. Instant analysis. We'll figure that out as we go. Sure. Um, appreciate all the support from everybody, including Thread Level Midnight, Jimmy Seafood, Fed Thrill. Uh, they are the best. Follow all of us on social media um, at EDITTI22, Barcel Banks, myself, Taylor Smythe, 10, um, X52 on, on all social, X52 podcasts on all social media platforms. And we'll see you next time on the X52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.